how did this happen? This is the question I find myself asking as I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm lost somewhere in the middle of Ecuador and my pants are around my ankles and I'm, I'm covered in my own puke and feces. <laughs> how did this happen? See, I love mountains. I love being on them and in them and especially on top of them. Big mountains, like the 20,000 foot variety. So every couple of years, I pick a country, I select a few peaks I wanna to try to get to the top of, I buy a plane ticket and I go. Well, most recently I chose Ecuador. Super excited about getting to the top of Cotabaxi and Chimborazo. <laughs> so I've traveled to a lot of countries and I've learned some really important lessons about my travels and some important lessons about myself. The first is, if anybody's gonna get Giardia and dysentery, it's this guy. <laughs> Had it more times than I can count in every country I think I've been to. So I'm, real, I'm one of those obnoxious people who carries like a water filter and a SteriPen and I've got iodine and sometimes I use all three on a bottle of water, but you know, I'm really good about it. And I wash my hands and I watch what I eat. Another important lesson, always take the time to acclimate. I had a really scary experience in Bolivia when I got cerebral edema with altitude sickness. Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So generally when I'm going down to a country, I give myself a couple of weeks and I, I take the time to climb a bunch of other peaks. So I went down to Ecuador and I climbed Ruku Pinchicha and Rumanawi and the Ilanisas and I'm super amped up and I'm feeling really great about getting to the top of these peaks and I've filtered all my water and I've watched what I've eaten. So how did this happen? How am I laying in the bushes the night before I'm supposed to summit Cotopaxi with projectile liquids coming out of both ends of my body? How did this happen? So in the morning, I, I get up and I clean myself up and I go into the lodge where my guide Javier is and I tell him, Javier, I just don't think I can get to the top of this mountain. I, I've been outside all night long, I'm sick as a dog. And he says, you know, don't give up yet. We still have to get to the refuge, which is basically the equivalent of base camp. And you know, this could pass, so don't give up yet. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is gonna pass. And then it didn't. <laughs> and so a hike that should have taken two to three hours to the refuge takes, takes about three times that. Still don't know how I made it up there, but I managed to make it to the refuge. And when we arrive, Javier says, well, I've got to take these other guests and guides out. We're gonna go practicing crampons. And I want you to just rest, drink water, Try to, try to get yourself together. I'll wake you up at dinner time. So six o'clock rolls around and Javier wakes me up. And for those of you that haven't ever climbed a peak like Cotopaxi, you generally eat dinner and then you go to bed around seven o'clock at night and you actually get up around one in the morning to begin your ascent. So six o'clock, we're sitting in this common area and there's about 50 to 60 people. It's a, it's a mix of guides, it's a, a mix of climbers and everyone is so amped to get to the top of this mountain, man. You can just feel the energy in the room and I am just sitting there thinking, I hate all of you. <laughs> because I did everything right. I followed all the rules, I cleaned that damn water, I did everything, how did this happen? And as I'm sitting there thinking about how much I hate everybody, I see this guide from another group walk over to my table and he sits down in front of me and he says, oh, you must be the girl that's sick. And in my mind, I say, what gave that away? The 20 visits to the bathroom in the last hour? But instead I say, yeah, I'm, I'm the girl that's sick. And he says, uh, well, do you think you're gonna try and make it to the top? I was like, well, I, I have no idea. I'm sick as a dog, I can barely walk. Like, there's probably no way. And he says, where are you from? I said, oh, well, I'm from Colorado, what does, that have to do with anything. Oh, Colorado, he replied, you'll definitely make it to the top. Clearly this man does not know how many times I've gone to the bathroom in the last 24 hours. 
Colorado, what does that have to do with anything? And he said, well, Colorado, you people are different. See, if you had said California or New York, I would say there's no way you're gonna make it. But Colorado, you've got something in here. He said, basically, within two hours of climbing up the mountain, everyone's gonna be exhausted. Everyone's gonna wanna turn around. Everyone's gonna wanna give up. But those people that are different, that have something in here, they somehow manage to tune everything out and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Colorado, you'll make it. I have a pretty tenacious personality and I don't give up very easily. So might as well go big or go home. Heck, if Javier's willing to do it, I'm willing to give it a try. So I head off to bed at one o'clock in the morning, Javier wakes me up, puts me in this super sweet mountaineering ninja suit, sweet balaclava and ropes me up and puts my crampons on and man, I can barely stand at this point. I'm so exhausted. I realize I haven't eaten in over 24 hours and I can't keep anything in. But off we go, we begin our journey up the mountain. It's only about 30 minutes before I have the first set of stomach cramps and I suddenly realize like I'm having a bathroom emergency and I yell, Javier, Javier, and clearly he senses the urgency in my voice as he sprints back to me with his ice axe in his hands and he starts chipping a hole in the ice as fast as he can. <laughs> and he's pointing at the hole and I'm starting to undo my rope and he's like, no, rope stays on. And I'm like, what the? I will tell you, there is nothing more challenging or humiliating than the moment in which you realize you are expected to get liquid projectile shit into a hole in the ice in the pitch black of night in 40 mile an hour winds when it's freezing cold, rope to somebody standing 20 feet away from you. I, I would say the only thing that was more challenging or more humiliating than that moment was the 10 times I did it after that. And uh, what felt like days, but was really only hours later, Javier sits me down and hands me a little bit of chocolate and water, and he says, okay, this is it. We have about two hours left to go. Nobody thought you would make it this far, and I feel confident that you can make it, but this is your last chance to turn around, because if we take one step past this point, you will make it to the top of that peak. And I can tell you, I have never wanted to give up on anything so badly in my entire life. All I could think about was hot food, a hot shower, and toilet paper. <laughs> Mostly, I just thought about toilet paper. But then I remembered, like, I got it in here, and I'm from Colorado. So I tuned everything out, one foot in front of the other, and just as the sun came up on the horizon, Javier and I summited Cotopaxi at 19,347 feet. <laughs> Thank you. It was one of the most incredible moments of my life. I felt uh, the sense of accomplishment and achievement against all odds I made it. And the best part was I wasn't even the last person up the peak, so I felt totally vindicated about all those people I hated. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there just basking in the glory of this moment, I look down and I realize, oh hell, I still gotta get off this peak. Thank you.